0: you. <music> happening everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Total Football Club. My name is Alex Perez and we have a tremendous show for you all. We're going to talk about the transfer deadline. We're going to talk about the transfer window in general, winners, losers, best deals of the summer. We're also going to let Chris open up and rant a little bit about what happened this weekend with his Chelsea and in particular Reece James. Was that a, a fair sending off for Reese James, and we're gonna close the show by talking about the MLS versus Liga MX All Star game that happened last week. Is it a good concept? Should we keep this around for, for it to become a yearly tradition? We'll talk about that at the end of the show. But before we can even get to any of that, let me bring in my guy Chris Suet, number one Chelsea fan in the world number one Chelsea fan that I know dude what a game that was on Saturday I'm sure you were on the edge of your seat the entire 90 minutes how are you feeling just overall um, not man. just about Chelsea overall how no, are you?
1: I it, it was I'm I'm doing great how are you doing Alex um it's, it's a great to be here it's, it's a pleasure to be on like always um yeah it was a great game um we we the first forty-five minutes it felt like we were watching the the game of the season so far or one of the games of the year because it was really um fun end to end stuff. Chelsea went there and were defending for their lives for the first I would say like fifteen minutes and then got got a crazy, unbelievable header from Kai Havert. Oh yes. That reached James and had the assist on.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And um yeah, it was a really fun game. It was really, it was really end to end, like I said in the first half, and then that red card happened. Um, for me, it, 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 I can see it was a penalty. Obviously, you, it, the ball touched his hand, so I knew. That even the even, even the announcer said, "How oh, didn't that go in?" They, they replayed it, and you see it touched his hand. So knew right away. Okay, they're gonna go to VAR, and it's gonna be a penalty because is such Reese's hand. Uh, Anthony Taylor, who has a history of having some very questionable calls in very high-stakes games for Chelsea, uh, goes to, doesn't, doesn't award anything. Here, he gets, gets told to, by VAR to go and, and check the side monitor. So you expect he's going to go over there and be there for a few minutes and see how, how you know, how the ball hit his arm and, and the usual, that, you know, where they take a few minutes to themselves and take a lot of spotlight. Anthony Taylor saw a freezing a frozen image of the ball touching Reese James's hand came off and gave him a red card. And I, I couldn't believe it. I honestly couldn't believe it because I knew it was going to be a penalty. A straight red card I, I I couldn't believe my eyes, honestly, Alex. And he ruined the game in in in, in the competitive aspect. Chelsea went out there and put on a crazy defensive display in the second half, and I think what I what I took from the overall game is if Chelsea aren't going to be beaten down with the with the cop against their backs at Anfield with ten men, good luck, good luck. I didn't want to say that they were title favorites before the season. They now look like title favorites because if Liverpool aren't going to do it. And Manchester City look like they have a weakness and didn't get their nine. Didn't get their striker. Who's going to do it? So I think they're genuine title favorites. I don't think that um, I can sit here and proclaim them the outstanding favorite, but they're they're here. They can stand with anybody. But um, that red card was just egregious, man. I, I... I had a few choice words for Anthony Taylor. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> I, I, I was really uh, upset, but looking over the, I was, I was scared to do this because I know that in the past few years, the rules have changed like every year. So trying to see the latest iteration of what the rule looks like, I was scared because I didn't know if my worst fear was gonna come true and Anthony Taylor is just an idiot and doesn't know the rules, which, happens every time (laughs) it feels like every time he refs are a a game of Chelsea or if I was if if the game's gone where if the if the ball touches your hand you're 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 out of the game um and yeah it's tough to to sit here now in hindsight and be too upset with Anthony Taylor the the rule states that the the intent is removed now so even if Reece James didn't take a whack at it with his arm, um, purposefully, if the ball hits his arm, it's 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 essentially a red card, like by definition of the rule. So there's no other real thing that Anthony Taylor could have done if the ball hit his arm. But that being said, it's like it's it's getting real tough to one keep up with the rules and then two see how that makes sense because I mean it's it's. That happens every time. That happens all the time when there's a goal line clearance and and defenders are on there. It touches part of their body. Like, um, yeah, it's it's gonna be really interesting, really, really. And I don't mean interesting in in, I guess in a good way. It's just it's tough to really keep up with all these new rules, Um, all the changes to the rules, I should say, and and how frequently they do it. It feels like they do it every year now. So it's it's really a a tough situation. And even if Anthony Taylor went to the to the VAR screen and took three minutes and looked it over and and then gave him the red card, then maybe I can live with it a little more. But taking two seconds, looking at a a frozen image, and coming back and giving a straight red just ruined the game. Like I, I can't see a neutral that really thought, oh, that this second half is just as good as just as good as game as I was watching in the first.
0: No no although the game was interesting throughout it definitely felt like liverpool and 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 now i'm gonna talk a little bit about about liverpool because they 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 pressured incredibly high they they kept a lot of the ball but it looked like they were missing that 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 final touch it it took a penalty for them to get on the score uh, on the scoreboard um but now going back to what you were talking about, and this is something that, that we were mentioning before we started recording. The rules change every five minutes. What, can you blame Anthony Taylor? Yeah, because it, it, it doesn't look good that that he he just looked at a frozen frame and, and that's it, because he, he looked at a picture without any context. And, and that is not a way to make a decision in a Premier League game, especially if you are a, a referee you cannot make a decision just based on a freeze frame. Um, and, and I believe you when you say that, that he's made questionable decisions against Chelsea. You are a person that keeps up with Chelsea like no one else I know. So of course I'm going to take your word very, very seriously when whenever it comes to, to, to Chelsea, but the the rules just keep on changing and they don't know how to keep up with the rules. The rules change and change and change. Now, a handball doesn't matter if, if if it ricochets off your thigh. It's still going to be a foul and a red card, or it's still going to be a foul. I mean, that's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. What was Reese James supposed to do in that situation? What was Not he supposed to do? Not, Not have, have an arm ball. or tie <laughs> it behind his back? What, what was he supposed to do? Seriously, what there's nothing that you can do in that situation. And it's not like it hit Reese James's arm first and then it hit his thigh. No, it was the other way around. It hit his thigh. And then the momentum just took him, took the ball to his arm. And again, what, what do you do? (laughs) Yeah. You you say it ironically, but I'm sure there's someone that'll be like, well, maybe you should just keep your arm behind it. That's not how it works. (laughs) That's not how it works in an ideal world. Yes. Of course, if you're playing, this game you don't want the ball to touch your hand but guess what that's not how it is that's not how physics are the ball is going to it's going to move around depending on how you hit it and the ball was hit in a certain way where it hit his thigh and then it hit his arm oh well i i think that in an ideal world that shouldn't have even been a a a a red card it shouldn't have been a red card. A penalty, you can argue that it the, the, that it could have been a penalty. Yeah. For sure, for sure, for sure. You you can say, when I first saw it, I'm like, yeah, that's a penalty. When, when I first saw it, like just live as soon as it happened, and then we saw the replay and we're like, oh yeah, that's gonna be a penalty. Never, never did we say he's gonna get sent off because he shouldn't get sent off. I mean, anyway. Uh, it was pretty annoying because the game was incredibly, incredibly intense and it was a lot of fun, a lot of back and forth. Um that that Lukaku versus Van Dyke duel, it was it was a lot of fun. I'm pretty sure Lukaku might think, okay, well, Van Dyke might have gotten the better of this, but I'll get him next time. And don't be surprised if when they play <laughs> Lukaku nets like two goals. Whenever they play against Liverpool again, um, is there anything else you want to add about about this this debacle of Anthony Taylor and? Uh...
1: Just, just to give the car facts, uh, I thought of, I remembered it off the top of my head. Anthony Taylor sent off Victor Moses in the 2017 FA Cup final mm-hmm. against Arsenal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or excuse me, was it against Arsenal? Yeah, against Arsenal. It was
0: Arsenal. Yeah.
1: Questionable decision, but sent them off. 2020 FA Cup final, Mateo Kovic is sent off in a questionable decision. And then Reese James. It's it's I don't I don't just come at guys just because I'm upset and it was the heat of the moment. <laughs> There's history with this referee. We're to the point where most Chelsea fans dread seeing him referee the, our game. Like when we see him come out and he's holding that ball, it's like, you know, you got essentially you're playing against 11 and a half because you, it it's just it comes from experience. It's not like we were making it up. It's it's usually really lopsided games when he rests our game. So it's tough. But um it's easy for our fans to sit here and criticize referees. They have really tough jobs, but they do. When you have VAR and you're not utilizing it properly, you make it easier on fans to get at you. So um, I That's hope right. he improves. I'm not I don't I don't hope any abuse on Anthony Taylor, but I hope he improves because we can see it from here like we've seen refs do good jobs so if you have the tools at your disposal utilize them they're there for a reason
0: absolutely that's why var was implemented um all right before we move on to the transfer deadline i do want to say this follow us on twitter and on instagram at total food club um twitter instagram and facebook subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, rate, review, that will take us a very long way. Subscribe on YouTube. We're still trying to figure out what it is that we're going to do with the YouTube channel because we felt like audio only podcasts do really, really well and that's what we are going to do for now. We're not saying that we're never going to do video podcasts again. That's not even remotely close. We will, get, we will do that when the time is right. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at AlexPerezFC. Chris, where can they follow you if they want to contact you?
1: Uh, it's Chris S O S O L O D O L O underscore. And that's on Twitter.
0: There I don't know we... why that
1: happens to me every week. Every week <laughs> I have to think and spell it out. Like, how the hell do I spell my own name?
0: It happens, man. <laughs> it happens. It, it, it happens. But all right, let's move on now. Transfer deadline, transfer window. Is this the craziest transfer window ever? I'll answer this for you. Absolutely. Um, I mean, Messi moved, Ronaldo moved, Lukaku moved, Vinaldum, Ramos, Donnarumma, David Alaba, Jaden Sancho, Jack Grealish, Antoine Griezmann. I'm probably missing a lot of other star players or a lot of players in general. Insane. Transfer window. Insanity.
1: There's so many, dude. Like, there's so many high quality players that moved, and in really good, reasonable deals. Like, oh my god, it's tough to really sit here and and, and wrap my head around it. This has been an exhausting month of transfers. Exhausting <laughs> yeah. two months of transfers. Um, it's been nuts, man. It's been nuts. This has been playing. You, if you had told me at the end of the Euros that Leo Messi, Lukaku, Cristiano Ronaldo, Antoine Griezmann, Rafa Verán, all these guys were going to move, I would have called you insane. Like,
0: oh my god, Verán! Right on one to. of
1: those guys. Yeah, dude, it's insane. Like, if I guess who didn't move this one window? Yeah, like that's that's a better question. Than Memphis
0: Depay. Memphis also went to Barcelona. Aguero oh, yeah. went to Barcelona. Dijon um,
1: went to Barcelona. <laughs> the other Dijon. Um, dude, oh, God. Cr- Saul went to Chelsea. Yes, yeah, uh, Saul. Dude, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, so many people, so many teams improved and got better. Like, oh, it's it's so crazy. Yeah. PSG did a madness. Yeah. And then their star player wanted to leave. Like, yeah. what? This is so crazy.
0: Unreal, it literally felt like the second season of your career mode save. That's what it felt like. You know, you get like those weird transfers, like Cristiano Ronaldo to Bayern Munich, Lionel Messi to Manchester United. That's what it felt like. That's exactly what this transfer window felt like. It It, it feels like one big simulation, and here we are. The, this is a bigger power is looking at us like how oh, look at them react to Lionel Messi playing for PSG look, look at them react to Cristiano Ronaldo's announcement that he's going to Manchester United which by the way congratulations to you sir that was an unbelievable call by you unbelievable you heard it here first ladies and gentlemen Chris Sued said that Cristiano Ronaldo was going to play for Manchester United he said that Manchester United was a sneaky candidate. And look at what happened two days after. Two days after the fact.
1: It happened. I appreciate that, man.
0: You are a prophet, it. sir. Um, I, I got lucky. <laughs> I, just,
1: just for all the ones that you get right, dude, I just think of all the ones I get wrong. And I'm like, yeah, I just got to keep it simple. <laughs> but yeah. Ronaldo, I mean, I just put the pieces together. And it's tough. Like, I was actually talking about this today. With all the transfers that happened today, all the ones, all the transfers that didn't. It's it's really tough to sit here and think that you can really predict these things because there's so many twists and turns. Like the the transfer window shut, and then there was r- rumors that the Griezmann deal fl- failed, and then Saul wasn't going to Chelsea anymore, mm-hmm. and then the the agents who were involved didn't know what was going on, and this is after the window closed. And reputable sources were all wrong, and then some people who aren't reputable sources, like Chiringuito, were right. And it's like, how do you, how, what is, how do you even put this into words? Like, essentially, the 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 golden rules are: you follow the guys who report things who are, who are facts who don't go off on yeah. of air. And yeah. it's not over until guys away are holding up that jersey. But, dude, even reputable sources were saying that deals were going to happen and they didn't. And then they were saying that deals weren't going to happen and they did. So, holy smokes. Yeah. Like, this one is just mind-blowing. Yeah. Mind-blowing summer.
0: Like, for example, a week ago, we were basically already saying that Kylian Mbappe was going to be a Real Madrid player. He's staying put. He's staying put. That's that's what, what what we can say for now. He's staying put. He's not going anywhere. He scored two goals over the weekend, too. That's a great way to get the fans back on your side, right? You 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 you, you show up, you show off. You do what you do and and you get the fans right back. They were playing away, so so we we can't really measure that. Let's let's talk about the winners in in the in this transfer window. I have three winners in this transfer window. How many do you have? Uh
1: I have three as well, but I'm okay. curious to hear your three first.
0: Okay. I'm I'm gonna list them off and then I'll explain. I have PSG of course as the biggest yeah. winner of this transfer window. I have Manchester United as one of the biggest winners of this transfer window. And I have Antoine Griezmann as one of the biggest winners. Uh, shall I explain or do you want to say yours?
1: Yeah, I want you to go ahead I, Go ahead and explain. I'm, I'm, this is awesome. Go ahead.
0: Perfect. Okay. PSG, obvious reasons. All the free transfers. Free transfers galore. Messi, Donnarumma, Vinaldum, Sergio Ramos. And then they did pay 70 million euros for, for Hakimi, but... He's, he's young, he's an excellent attacking fullback or wingback, whatever you want to call him, and he provides a lot to to a team. But still, you get Messi for free, you win the freaking transfer window. That's, that's how easy it is. And as dumb and as simple as this may sound, keeping Kylian Mbappe likely for the whole season is a huge win for PSG. It, it almost feels as if they signed him again. it Because what did we just say a few minutes ago? It felt like a week ago he was, he was done. He was gone. He was going to Real Madrid. And he stayed. He's staying put. He scored two goals over the weekend. He's a huge help and a huge piece to PSG's success this season, whatever success they may have. Manchester United, they got Sancho. They got Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo, I, as soon as I heard that Cristiano Ronaldo was going to be a Manchester United player again, I wanted to go buy a pair of Mercurials. I wanted to tape up my ankles like no one's business. I wanted to let my hair grow out and just put tubs of gel because I really liked Cristiano Ronaldo when, when I was younger. And then he moved to Real Madrid and that, that was a deal breaker for me. I'm like, nah, I'm not rooting for you, dude. Um, but Manchester United, Cristiano Ronaldo, one of my favorite players. I love watching him. Um, but you get Cristiano Ronaldo back on your team. You get Jadon Sancho. It's, it's like you get the future and the present slash past. Uh, it's it, It's a good combination. And I haven't really watched much of Manchester United, but it feels as if they just want to get the best players possible, put them all together, And let the talent win. Let the talent speak. And listen, Cristiano Ronaldo will help a lot of these young players. A lot of these young players need that extra push. And Ronaldo's there to do it. Even if he doesn't say anything. They'll they'll see him train every single day. And of course, Paul Pogba. He's staying. And he's a part of this team. uh, Of the starting 11. Of course, when you have a player like that, it's a big advantage. It's a big plus. And Antoine Griezmann, he's going back to his old club. He's going back to Atletico Madrid. It just feels like the perfect marriage. At Barcelona, he never really found himself. He never found a spot. He never really knew who he was. There was no identity for him at Barcelona. Now at Atletico, he's going to be that that fun player again. He's going to be that guy that will show up and show off. In important games for for Atletico. He also gets that pressure off his shoulders from Barcelona because he came in with a lot of pressure, a hefty price tag. And it's it's just it's bizarre to me, and I'll get into this later on, but it's bizarre to me what Barcelona did to get Antoine Griezmann and how easily they let him go. Which don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm not unhappy that he's leaving but you mortgaged your future and you let him go so easily, that just goes to show how bad business really was and, and, and how bad Barcelona had it under Josep Maria Bartomeu, public enemy number one for Kules for around the world. Um, but Antoine Griezmann, huge winner. He's back, he's gonna have a monster season. Him and Luis Suarez, mm. I don't know back to back titles for atlético i think i'm getting ahead of myself they just tied to vrl too so <laughs> which vrl champions league team europa league winners but 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 still if i had to bet money i think atlético is a favorite to win la liga yeah that's that's a
1: really uh tough call i'm not gonna lie i was actually thinking today i don't i wouldn't know what to call for la liga this year um i feel like it's really wide open uh i don't know not why so I'm much not- anymore
0: I wouldn't say it's that wide open anymore. I I think Atletico.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then with Barcelona replacing him with Luke de Jong. Really? Like, I was good for half a season in 2015. Barcelona just doing Barcelona things. Europa League, here we come.
1: No, you know, I I don't think so, Alex. Like, I think with them, the what I've been seeing so far, they look like they have a point to prove. So I feel like with Barca, it might be addition by contraction. Like, they let go of Griezmann, right? Yeah. But you save on his wages. Like, yeah, you let him go for 40 million euros, which is insane, right? That's, that price sounds insane. Yeah. Like, after you pay 120 million two years ago, you let him go for 40 this summer. is it's nuts. However, it's, it's a little crazy because with the wages saved, if they pull that, that trigger on the option to, to buy next year, they actually only miss out on um, 8 million euros on what they paid out to Antoine Griezmann, if you can believe it. And if they wait two years with the amortization, they actually make a profit of 16, which is insane. So with Barca, if right now they shed some payroll, which they did, I no one thought that they could get Griezmann off their books, if they, they shed their payroll, they 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 play it simple. They get uh, another another Dutch player for uh, for for Koeman, and then you let Kuman really install his system with the players that he wants. Say you finish second this season, right? But it looks like a unit. Like they have an identity, and they 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 don't look like they're dead after Leo Messi. And they sign. They have now the finances to sign Erling Haaland next summer. You know, you gotta, you mm. know, sometimes you gotta take t- a step back and see like the whole picture. I know right now it's tough and everyone's bashing Barcelona, rightly so in, in a certain aspect because. <laughs> yeah, they have that reputation
0: tough. now. They made the reputation yeah. for themselves.
1: Yeah, but I'm trying to really think about it like. The, the,
0: the, the, the accountant in you came out. Yeah. yeah I, no, I heard it and, and that's good. We need that. We, we need to hear yeah. that.
1: I think I think no doubt about it. Mbappe is going to go to Real Madrid next summer. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're Barcelona, who do you get? There's I honestly think about it. If if Florentino is going to have that presentation, and he's going to promise Blundellors for the next ten years, right? Mm-hmm. And Champions Leagues and titles and all that. Who do you get to steal the thunder? Who actually replace Messi? Early Holland has a 70 million release clause next summer, which sounds crazy, which is why Chelsea was trying to get him this earlier this summer before they got Lukaku. But I really, another, I know how I said I wasn't going to predict these things. It really makes so much sense that Mina Raiola takes a heavy paycheck from, from Barcelona and brings them early Holland, And they those two compete for the next 10 years and, and effectively replace Messi and Ronaldo.
0: Yeah, that's the best thing that can happen to La Liga, not just Barcelona that is and what? and Real Madrid. That that is, that is the best thing that can happen to the Spanish league, and that's the best way to kind of sweep Atletico away. Like, all right, you can't com- you, you still can't compete with us.
1: I'm not. I don't know. I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. You, I, I won't hold you. I think if you you Atletico winning the league this year, I called them winning it last year. I don't know why I'm not as confident this summer. Like I see them. And I don't know if they can repeat, like, I feel like they just got by last season and they dropped a few, a few stinkers along the way. Yeah. So it's tough for me to think. But that's who they are. Yeah, I know. But it's so, I don't know why. I think, I think they're going to take a a baby step back and maybe go forward in Europe because that's how they do it. Like, yeah, uh, that's how they've done it historically, but. I don't know why I don't see it coming off for them this year, and if it's not them, then who? Like, I, I'm not sure just yet. I can't call it the La Liga, and that's what I was referring to earlier. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's tough this year, but I think if, if you're, if I were a betting man, Atletico makes the most sense. But since I'm not put, putting money on it, I, I really can't call it.
0: Interesting, interesting. It, it it's almost like a consensus that Atletico is the favorite to win, but. Hey man, if if we can throw a monkey wrench somewhere in there, that makes everything that much more fun. Um, all right, who are you? Your winners from the yeah. from the transfer window? Let's hear it.
1: Yeah, so that's a, this was a perfect segue. That's why I said this was awesome. You said Antoine Griezmann. I, I talked about Barcelona. I dared thinking about including them as a winner, but I won't go that controversial. One of the, <laughs> my first big winner, I will say, to Depay. He went to the a top club. He's mm-hmm. he's a, one of their top guns. He mm-hmm. he has a perfect platform to go back into superstardom. If he has a twenty goal season for Barcelona, dude, reference is back. He's yeah. back. He's he's gonna he's gonna lead the he's gonna be the leader of the Netherlands at the World Cup. He's gonna wear the number seven. He's he's, he's gonna be back to being that that wonder boy that star kid that he was when he joined Manchester United. Um, I think he went he went to Olympic Leon and he got back his swagger. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a great player. I'm, I'm a big fan of his. Mm-hmm. The thing is, uh, I think he plays down to his opposition. He could get bored. But being the man at Barca now, Messi leaving, maybe Barca didn't have the overall best window, but Memphis Sapai, this is the perfect situation for him. He has a three-year deal, meaning he's probably, if he has a crazy season, he can lay this into an uh, uh, unbelievable extension with Barcelona or get big offers. But I doubt, like I said, if he, if he strikes it big at Barcelona, they'll probably pay him big money. Um, yeah, I can't see a better situation for him where he's stepping in uh, into the spotlight. He's at a big club. There's a ton of expectation on the club but not essentially a ton of expectation on him per se mm-hmm. and he's, he's, he's taken to Barcelona like a fish to water he looks great, he looks like he's been there forever already
0: yeah he has the attitude that Barcelona needed, he has the confidence you said it best, he oh, has yeah. the swagger or he's getting back that swagger, two goals in, in three league games, he had an assist in that one game where he didn't score so this is what Barcelona needed I, uh, I I really like that shout. Very good shout. All
1: right, my second choice, this is a bit of a homer pick, but Chelsea. Chelsea, Chelsea, mm. Chelsea. My God. They got... They got So today, Uh, Jules Conde, that deal fell off, and Saul looked like he wasn't going to join. But it was tough as a Chelsea fan to really be that upset, knowing that we got Romelu Lukaku in mm-hmm. weeks ago, and he's already integrated into the side. Like the biggest problem with this side was that they didn't have a clinical goal scorer. And if you look at Romelo Lukaku, already the, the two games that he's been at Chelsea, they're much more direct. They're scary. Like they look like they really have that 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 focal point in the attack. Um, he looks like a, a different player than when he left Manchester United. He looks like he learned with the, and developed with Conte. to Mm -hmm. to play with his, to utilize the strength Mm -hmm. and play with his back to goal because he only wanted to be that end outlet when he was at United. Now he could really utilize that brute strength and and pull in his teammates more. So people like Kai and Timo Werner and Christian Pulisic are going to have three runs. But Chelsea just, man, it's tough to fault them. They didn't get all three of their targets. They got in two. And Romelu Lukaku, you can say... Um, is well worth the money. They didn't get him on the cheap. They got him for 98.7 million pounds, so 100 million pounds pricey. But with all the sales that they got this summer, they're already at 137 million pounds. So they've spent on the middle Lukaku and we're still in the green. Um, They got Saul Niguez. This is a 26-year-old midfielder who just won the league. Uh, He played a ton of games for, for, uh, for Olympico Madrid and Simeone. Um, He's a midfielder for Diego Simeone, Olympico Madrid. So what does that mean? He, he presses off the ball like there's no tomorrow. Uh, Like you insulted his mother. Um, He, he is defensive. He has the final pass. He's box to box. He's young. He's a leader. He has experience. Um, I know he's had, he hasn't had the, the best uh, 12 to 18 months, but there's been a lot of good players who haven't had the best 12 to 18 months with everything that's going on with COVID. Um, with him, he's also had a position change in the last 12 months where Simeone was moving him around in midfield to accommodate Marcos Llorente a, a few games and moving him to wing back and moving him uh, uh, to different places in midfield. So he's versatile, but I think he really needs to settle in and have a a, a position where he can uh, hone in and, and and focus in and improve. So I think this move is really risk-free for Chelsea. It's a loan with an option to buy, not, a, not, a, not an obligation. So if he doesn't look like the player that he was that he most of his career, um, you move on and you make a a big play for a Declan Rice or from, from Monaco, who were the rumored targets earlier in the summer. If Sao hits the ground running on the Tuchel, and to this point, you can't show me a player other than maybe Kalawantan who hasn't really played. But if they played on the Tuchel, everybody's been improved at Chelsea. So if Sao gets on the field and and really like hits the ground running, He's gonna be a Chelsea player, and so and for cheap for thirty-five million euros, thirty around thirty million pounds, 31, 32 million pounds. It's a steal. It's a steal, and you and you can't you can't go wrong. I I really think they had an excellent window to top off that Champions League, and they look so deep now.
0: Yeah, that that is that is the scariest thing about Chelsea is that they are very very deep, and. Thomas Tuchel and his system appear to be plug and play. Anyone, anyone can look good except for a a couple of players. But for the most part, the important players, the guys that you need to be there at a high level week in, week out, they fit into that system perfectly. Um, Who's your third winner? Dude, it's tough enough
1: to go to PSG. I don't yeah. know who to choose, PSG <laughs> or Neymar or Messi, but Ramos, Ronaldo, <laughs> all of them, Man, Pochettino. Probably, all right, Mauricio Pochettino. There's your big winner. This dude, this dude everybody knows that I, I've been critical of him. I think he's a great manager. I don't think he's as good as everybody thinks he is, which is a world-class manager, someone who, who plays really beautiful attacking football and is a consistent threat to win trophies, he has to win those trophies. So for me, um, I think he's a big winner because PSG really delivered on everything you could ask for as a manager. Do you want a goalkeeper? Or you don't necessarily need one? Well, here's Gigi, Gigi, uh, Gigi Donnarumma. Donnarumma, yeah. Yeah, you want you want a defender? Here's Sergio Ramos. You want a, another defender? Here's Ashraf Hakimi. Do you, you want a midfielder? Here's Wijnaldum. Oh here's here's Messi by the way. This little guy named Messi. And then Real Madrid, you can go kick rocks. We're gonna keep killing Mbappe. Are you kidding me? This is probably the greatest scene on paper to ever play football. Like they have an all-star team, Alex. <laughs> yeah. They have a, they have a genuine dream team. Like for, for Tatino, you gotta win everything under the sun, my guy. Everything under the sun, or you're not gonna escape the wrath, I promise
0: and that is something that really worries me about PSG Mauricio Pochettino I I don't know if I want to trust them I don't know if I want to trust them because have we ever seen him with as many well have we ever seen anyone with as many stars as PSG has right now um I don't I don't necessarily think that that is the case with with anyone but how is he going to manage all of these stars? I feel like that's the real question. That That is something that people haven't really been asking themselves. Or they have, but maybe we haven't listened because we're so busy being being excited over Messi debuting this past weekend. But how is he going to manage all the egos? How is he going to manage maybe Di Mariana playing as as much as he wants to if, if he ever hits a form, a uh, 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 good a good form which we know that when he's not hurt his form is unbelievable and you're almost forced to play him how how will he manage those types of problems um what happens if the team goes two three games without winning there's gonna be pressure from 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 the media there's gonna be pressure from within
1: you close it down my oh opinion.
0: my god. Okay. Well well listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna disagree with you because you the you have the hot hand right now and you might be right. Um and I think In a very cruel way, I think that if PSG changes manager mid season, they're probably guaranteed a Champions League. (laughs) We've seen this way too many times. So they might be guaranteed a Champions League should they change manager in like January. But with that being said, this is Mauricio Pochettino's biggest test as a manager. And I do feel, I will say this, and I'm ready I'm ready to to look dumb in a few months this is the ultimate test for Mauricio Pochettino this is where he gets to show us if he's a world-class manager or not you you don't think that he's still a world-class manager I'm on that same boat with you I don't think he's a world-class manager either I think that he's a few steps away from that I think that 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 him reaching a Champions League final was so incredibly flukish They got so many breaks. So many breaks. And then when they didn't get a break, it was the most pathetic performance in a Champions League final I have ever seen. It's not a coincidence. And I love that phrase. It's not a coincidence because I don't believe in coincidences. But this is the ultimate test for Mauricio Pochettino. And I do feel, I do feel personally, I feel like PSG is a manager away from being the ultimate invincibles. I feel like they're oh, yeah. a manager away. Same thing with Manchester United. And it's funny because I was listening to a podcast a couple of, not a couple of days ago, I was listening to that this morning. And and they were talking about Cristiano Ronaldo and they're like, yeah, the, the team that that Manchester United has is incredible they're a coach away from being a great team I'm like oh my god (laughs) you're so right because I don't trust listen Ole Gunnar Solskjaer great person I'm sure manager I don't know I don't know if he's going to be able to manage all of this but uh but yeah I feel like PSG and Manchester United are in a very similar situation so we'll just have to wait and see how that plays out Let's talk about think, the lose. Oh no! Go, go on, go no, on, no, no,
1: just, just last point. I think if you're Antonio Conte or Zinedine Zidane, you sit there and you you do not take a coaching job until one of those two open up because one of those two guys takes one of those two jobs and watch out because those teams are ready to win. So they just gotta sit there and just wait for one of those one of those two coaches two coaches to falter because man, they they're ready.
0: Yeah, they just have to be by their phone and make sure that that they don't have it on Do Not Disturb or something like that, because the call can come in at any second. Um, I don't know why I've always pictured Zidane at Manchester United. Just yeah, saying. that
1: makes sense. Just if, saying. if he goes, if he goes to United, he has Varane. If he goes and Ronaldo, and Ronaldo, and if he goes to PSG, he has uh boy Ramos.
0: And if he per- speaks the language.
1: Way, perfect. Yeah.
0: And he speaks the language, so. There's that. And okay.
1: Conte can set up by the one and counterattack. This oh, dude, devastating.
0: Yeah. And they're saying Conte to Arsenal. <laughs> Come on, you think he's going to yeah. go to Arsenal? Um, yeah, no way. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of losers, um, I, I'm, I'm just going to say it right off the bat. One of my biggest losers in this transfer window, Arsenal. Uh God. I mean, they got so many players, so many young players. They got a bunch of defenders. They've conceded nine goals in three games. They haven't scored a single goal. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is still there. Alexander Lagazette is still there. What is going on? What is going on with Arsenal? They, this, this is the team that has spent the most money in the Premier League too, if I'm not mistaken, or at least about a week ago, they were the team that spent the most money in the transfer window. And look at how pathetic they are. My goodness. This is such a bad team. It's such a bad, bad, bad team. We're not even going to get into the tactics because I might get a nosebleed just, just thinking about, <laughs> about what what happened on Saturday against Manchester City. We all expected it, but if you, if you really look at all of the transfers or all of the moves that Arsenal made this summer, the only one that you can even make an argument for is Martin Odegaard. That's it. But then you ask, what do we do with Emil Smith Rowe? And, and then you just, you, you fall into a rabbit hole of, Oh my God, Arsenal is just one big question mark. And it's not a, a question mark. We're like, Oh, well we have a lot of options. A lot of good options. It's more like what the fuck are we going to do? That's what Arsenal is. And it's just so appropriate that Arsenal is one of the biggest losers in this, in this transfer window. Um, Shall I go on with the other two or do you want to do you want to talk about your biggest losers?
1: Uh, You can go. I'm, I'm interested to hear more. Arsenal is definitely up there, but <laughs> uh, I got I got someone else in mind. I actually I just have one big loser, honestly.
0: Interesting. You know what? I want to hear it since you only have one. <laughs> Harry Kane,
1: if you're listening yes, to this, you yes. are the biggest loser in this freaking transfer window, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. How do you play it that bad? Like, everyone gets their move but you because it's you. Like, Harry Kane, man. Oh, my goodness. First off, he, he let it known that he wanted to move from be, the be, before the Euros. He sat down with Gary Neville and told oh, my God. Like, we we sat here, Alex, and we said there's no way this guy's gonna move. Like mm-hmm. Daniel Levy is not gonna take that and let him move. It's almost as if he doesn't know who this guy is. And yeah, it it was oh my goodness. You can't play it any worse than that. Now you're stuck with a top you're stuck with a team that's barely playing Europa League. Um they're t- look, i than that, they're top of the table with Nuno. They look organized.
0: Yeah, it's but- three games. Come on.
1: Yeah, dude, like, they don't have quality. They just don't. Like, like you can see it. Like, once they go up against these, these, they, they hit the, the run-in of, of the schedule and they're playing every three days and they're really going to have, have those questions asked to them, I don't see them being there. I don't see them. Oh, I can't Like, for example, I can't wait till Chelsea plays them. That's a, that's a game I got circled on my calendar. We're going to bully them. Like, I, I I literally can't wait because these guys just are, are not it. They're not it. They don't have it men- mentality wise. None of them. Even even Kane. That's why he needs to go somewhere else and learn how to win because they they don't got it. And no offense, yeah. but even even Nuno, um, he's led wolves. He's he's had very organized. Uh, I guess attractive sides for Wolves. They fell out of Europe the last two years. Like Nuno isn't a top a, a top manager either. So you went from Pochettino and you've just been regressing. And I don't know, man. Um Harry Kane, this is your time. You're you're now I think he's what, 29?
0: Yeah he's 29. Oh,
1: Harry Kane. Mm-hmm. You got, this was the time to move and you played it as bad as you can. As bad as you can, you got bad advice from your agent who happens to be your brother, and you played it as, as... look at look at Salon again. Salon again was told this morning by Atlético Madrid that he wasn't going to move, and his agents got him his moves. Now, look at Harry Kane, he's been wanting to move for over a year. I don't know who else you can say it's it's one. Big fat sticking loser right there, Harry Kane.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. He's, He's on my list, for sure. And I think that this summer exposed Harry Kane as not being a very good leader, being very gutless, very fearful, being a liar. He said that he's staying at Tottenham because of the support of the fans. Come on, dude. Do you really think these fans are stupid? Do you really do you not realize how educated most of these fans are? Come on. Come on. He, and I was hearing this from a from another podcast. I was hearing it and and it it made a lot of sense. They said, "Why didn't Harry Kane just play the victim?" If he played the victim, public perception would have said, "Okay, well, he really 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 needs to go because this team is just cancerous and they are, they are holding him back. They're not letting him really fulfill his potential instead. He, he, he tried to play tough and then he's like, Oh no, no, no. I, I got permission from the team to, to stay on holiday a couple more days. I didn't have to show up to training and it was, it was just blunder after blunder, uh, God, he's such a good player, but it's hard to root for him now it really is it's hard to root for him because he lied he 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 showed no courage no guts no no he he wasn't listen for these types of things you're supposed to be ballsy if you're holding out you're supposed to be ballsy and you're supposed to be okay with the fact that you're not gonna be in a comfortable situation at the beginning but then you know you should know that you're doing it for a greater good you're you're holding out to leave to a better situation what better situation than manchester city for harry kane or even chelsea for for harry kane what better situation instead he's like oh okay well i mean now i'm not looking very good and and public perception is that i am i am turning on the club that has given me everything so you know what let me just turn around and 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 move away, and run away from everything that I wanted for the last few months. Gutless. Just gutless. That, that's all I can really say about Harry Kane. Absolutely gutless. He should not be the captain for Tottenham, by the way.
1: No. Strip you, him. How can you be captain after that? I
0: mean, dude. He shouldn't be captain of the England team, either. Strip him. That is... Not what I want my captain to be doing, to be saying, to be acting like. I don't want my captain to 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 be like that. I need a real captain, a captain that will not that will not fall whenever things get get a little a little difficult for for him. And oh god, that it was just so bad, so poorly handled.
1: Yeah, it it was as bad as you can play it. He, had, he could have stayed quiet and worked with Levy and got a big money, big time move. He could, have, he could have gone to PSG and replaced Mbappe. He could have gone to Real Madrid and been the Mbappe alternative. He could have gone to Chelsea and been an alternative to Haaland. But he played it as bad as he could. He could have stayed quiet and worked with Levy, which is one way to play it. Or he could have really rebelled and not shown up to training, not do, any, really go strike. But you don't do you don't stand in the middle and not do any of it. Like and then everyone obviously knows that you don't want to be there, like, oh God, it's just so poorly played.
0: Yeah, terrible. Terrible. And that's why he's gonna stay at Tottenham and never win a Premier League. Um I I'll give you my, my, my last loser and um and I feel like this one's gonna be uh, it might be a little bit controversial, but maybe not. Um, I think Barcelona is a massive loser in this transfer window. The biggest reason they let Messi go, or, or or Messi left, rather. Um, it it's still you know it's still a little a little tricky to figure out if if they let him go or he left or whatever. But whenever Lionel Messi or because Lionel Messi left, Barcelona has to be considered a huge loser. And then they brought in Sergio Aguero, who's not going to be another, another big wage that isn't, he he hasn't made his debut yet and he won't make it for the next two months. Um, they, they, they let go of Antoine Griezmann, but the way that you explained it makes a little bit more sense, but still, you let him go. So, so quickly, um, to a rival rival, exactly. Emerson Royal, They flipped him for a couple million pounds or a couple uh, a couple million euros. He was there. I think he played half a game. That's all. And really, the, the the highlight to Barcelona is Memphis Depay, which can be very positive. We just have to give it some time and see how it plays out. But it can be very very positive. But other than that, Barcelona lost a lot in this transfer window. They lost so much and. They're they're probably not going to compete in Europe, if 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 they get past the round of sixteen, I'll be incredibly, incredibly, incredibly in awe. But I don't I don't know. I think that this Barcelona team just worse and worse, and then of course they bring in Luke de Jong, and I I I don't think that he's a Barcelona player. Sure, he might have a good good relationship with Ronald Koeman, but I don't know, man. I don't know. I've 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 seen certain things from Luke de Jong, and I'm like, oh god, maybe this is what Barcelona needed. Maybe Barcelona needed a a a true number nine like that. But I don't know. I just don't trust anything that Barcelona does nowadays.
1: It's it's tough. I mean, I won't I won't lie. It's tough to argue um, against that point, Barcelona. I've definitely seen better days. Personally, like I, like I said earlier, um, I'm a fan of, of a few of their moves. I think Eric Garcia coming from Manchester City to be a, a starting center back for them is is big. Emerson Royal, yeah, they flipped him, but they flipped him for I think like like double the fee they got him for, which is pretty decent. Mm-hmm. And then they let go of Griezmann, but yeah, to a rival, which. I know a lot of people are saying, like, didn't you learn from Suarez? Like, you don't, you don't sell to a, a direct rival who's gonna make you pay. or like literally, like he's gonna play you and play and 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 be against you in the league and be against your interests. So why would you do that? But thinking about the situation and and then obviously like uh, the 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 little little known story that they let Messi go,
0: <laughs> or yeah. Messi
1: left, or whatever. But Breaking news. I I really see here I think, Alex, Barcelona are in a really tough place. How do they progress from this? Or how do they get back to where they were, or 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 back to those heights? A lot of their big time players were on contracts, so nobody would pay. Nobody else would pay those, those figures.
0: Mm-hmm. Nobody
1: would pay Sergio Busquets because he was what he was getting paid. I'm sorry. Like I mm-hmm. know that he's a, 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 a was, an, was a great servant to the club. I know that he was an unbelievable midfielder. I know that he's still a great midfielder, right? I'm not trying to say that he's a bad player, but you don't. No one else is paying him his salary. No one else is gonna pay Pique his salary. Most of these guys were on really bloated contracts. And I'm not sure that from this regime, I'm, that's most likely on the previous regime since yeah. they just got, just got um, elected last, last fall. But they, they cut these contracts and they needed to. I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to say they, uh, they renegotiated with these guys and they're, they're really savvy they needed to do these deals so that they could register guys like Sergio Aguero like guys like uh, guys like Eric Garcia but if you're going to if it helps you move on from these guys um and, and and you move and you get in young talent like Memphis like uh, uh, uh Eric Garcia um and, and you can take steps to to I guess getting a more sustainable, uh, uh, how do I say, wage structure and business environment where Barcelona's books aren't as bad, where they don't have to make these these deals that they don't want to make, and they and they start uh, really getting back to where they were, where they were making a lot of money. And I'm sure with things opening up now, with Pep now um, having fans, whatever, that, I'm not sure if they're allowing fans now, but if they, yeah, if they, they aren't, are then I'm sure they, they will soon. I'm sure things will get back to normal where they, they really are gonna have money to 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 uh, sign the best and brightest. But right now, what Barcelona need is to take a step back, promote the guys like Pedri, promote the guys like Sergino Desk, like Memphis, like Garcia, who are young and are gonna be, and and Frankie de who are gonna be at the club for a while, hopefully. And um, from there, you let go. uh, Slowly but surely, you let go of the players who no longer fit your system, and you supplement the the, the team with players who do. And yeah, man, I I I I I know it's easy to criticize them right now. I do, but I'm just thinking about it from a business standpoint of view. view. And having Messi on a bloated contract with this squad wasn't going to be sustainable. So what is going to be sustainable? It's going to be this type of team. And they've moved on from bloated contracts like uh, Antoine Griezmann, like I said earlier, that's going to help them move, uh, uh, shape their team and really move on from Messi in the right way. So um, I like their team, their, their moves in the short term. They're not going to be in 7th They're not going to be Arsenal. Okay? They're not going to fall and be 10th and be 15th and be in relegation places. That's not going to happen. Mm-mm. They're probably gonna issue a, a a title charge this year. And who knows, they might even win if they if they win those those close games against Atletico and against Real Madrid. Um and that'll get you by until your, your books are, are are healthy and you can move forward like you used to. But um I don't I don't really don't want to kick the mother down right now because I think that um if I were in a similar position, I'd probably be doing the same thing. Laporta, I called him a, a master on the market before this whole debacle went down this summer. And I think he still is very savvy, man. I think he's going to surprise me. A year from now, we're going to sit here and say Barcelona is much healthier than they were uh, right now.
0: Yeah, but the the problem here with with uh, Juan Laporta is that he had to deal with a lot of the stuff, a lot of the mess that happened in, in in the last presidency. So he he had to put up with that. He had to deal with that. He had to clean that mess. And now he he's bringing in his own people. And and you don't know. Maybe Ronald Koeman won't be the manager in in a year's time. It might be Xavi, and then that will get him even more credit. And, and, and if Xavi does good, well then my goodness, I mean, we're on another Pep Guardiola, uh, a Tiki Taka run. Um, yeah. but, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not necessarily saying that, that this Barcelona team is in my category of losers because of what they've done these last couple of days. I feel like they are more there because of what happened earlier. With Sergio Aguero which I still don't understand why he he was signed by Barcelona um of course losing Lionel Messi it's never a good thing that's always going to be a black eye um and that's that's going to go down in history as one of the craziest things to ever happen in, in in football um but yeah you you get rid of Antoine Griezmann's contract that's a big plus Emerson Royale yet yeah, again I I, I just I, I don't think that it's a good look because you buy him and then you flip him immediately when you actually kind of needed him. Um, but I I get it. They need the money more than, than than they needed Emerson Royale. So Emerson, I who knows how he's going to do it at, at, at Tottenham. We'll just have to wait and see. But um, yeah, I mean, may, maybe they'll be in the winners category, Barcelona. I, I sure hope so. They'll be in, that they'll be in the winners category next summer, um, maybe even in January. Who knows? But I just found it hard to not put them in there because of the bad things, the bad choices, um, the bad moves that that happened. And man, uh, yeah, when, whenever I say Europa League, here we come, it's more me just being exaggerated. I don't, I don't believe it. I, I don't believe it. I, I I believe what you say, and and, and what you said. And uh, Barcelona is probably going to be competing for the for the Spanish league title. That's then they're probably going to compete for the Copa del Rey, because we know that that's a competition that they really like. But yeah, I mean it. It's it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while for Barcelona, and and I just do feel that when you lose Messi in a transfer window, it's not it's not good. It's just not good. You lose too much. You lose way too much. But yeah, man, Uh, is there anything else you want to add about winners, losers transfer window? Maybe uh, a a transfer that was sneaky. Good people aren't talking about much.
1: Uh, I think people did talk about it, but they didn't talk about it as much as if, if it happened in another window. Mm-hmm. But Rafa Varane to Manchester United for thirty-five yeah. million pounds is ridiculous business. <laughs> ridiculous business. He's a top-three defender, if not the best defender in the world. He's twenty-six years old, bags of experience with Real Madrid, won the, the, the damn thing three times, mm-hmm. um, won the damn thing with France as as a main component of that of that back four. He's a leader. He's he has no technical deficiency there's nothing wrong with him he's, he's awesome he's a great player and they got him for uh pennies on the dollar so i think that is one of my favorite transfers man cuz that was so so good like man he's proven quality and you know he's in a bank
0: and it almost didn't happen it almost yeah. didn't happen R- remember there was like a lot of uh it was a lot of a lot of questions a lot of doubt people didn't think that because there was days where nothing was being said about the transfer, but good for Manchester United. It, it it actually happened, and I can't. I keep forgetting about it. I keep forgetting that Rafael Varane plays for Manchester United now, and and we. I, well, I shouldn't. I shouldn't forget because that's a huge piece in their defense. That's a big piece.
1: I, I think he makes like Harry Maguire. I think he's a very good defender. I don't trust him as my main defender. Mm-hmm. I think in England, he shines when he plays next to John Stones, and they share that responsibility. Um, I think he's going to look like double the player next to Rafa Iran I think he's going to look like an 85-pound defender next to Rafa Iran because he's going to be effectively either playing with Iran or taking on a second striker, because Iran's going to take the main the main striker on. So Harry Maguire is going to shine. like it, It's just going to uh, really pay tenfold. Varane gonna is gonna be a leader. He's gonna make others around him better. He's gonna make Maguire look better, and that'll make all they're gonna look better. So
0: <laughs> somehow, yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, but yeah, R- Rafa Varane is just the goods. Like you can't you can't com- um you can't uh com- complain or knock that down. And then the other one, obviously, Ronaldo for thirty million euros is ridiculous. Like yeah. This guy is still the man. He's still the king. So that, that, that's going to get paid in jersey sales by the end of the month, I promise.
0: Probably. Probably. I mean, they they already released picture, official pictures of him with the with the Manchester United kit. So it's only a matter of time. And he was already registered as, uh, as the number seven. So yeah. I, expect a lot of these jerseys to be selling very, very quickly. All right. Well, unfortunately, time is up. Uh, we, we, we wanted to get to another topic. We'll probably do that next week. Um, but yeah, time, time has come to an end. We, we ran for a long time and, uh, we got stuff to do tomorrow. So we got to cut this short, but we will be back next week. Chris, thank you so much. Anything else you want to add before we go?
1: Uh, no, just the, the, the usual enjoy uh, It's it's actually the international break, so everybody just enjoy time at home because there's no games this weekend.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I, I will challenge you all then to watch Mexico against Jamaica and Mexico against Panama. There you go. Um, USA plays, play some games, Argentina, Brazil play on Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Great. yeah. And
1: that's a crazy game.
0: Oh yeah. And I think there's going to be like a thousand fans in attendance. So they're going to let them in. Um, surely it's gonna sound like there's forty thousand because we know how south americans get down there's plenty of games to watch um that said i completely understand why some people don't want to watch international games uh it's difficult to get into a rhythm but it is what it is it's very respectable and we are respectful and we won't judge you um maybe i will but silently you won't even notice All right, that's it from us. Thank you all so much. Enjoy the international break if you can Uh, again. um, We'll probably talk about it next week. We'll have a lot more to discuss. Thank you all so much. Take care. Goodbye.